The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, member of the Wells, on March 30, 2014, based on Psalm 110, verses 5 and 6. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts is Psalm 110, verses 5 and 6. These verses of the psalm are addressed to our High Priest, Jesus Christ. The Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his wrath. He will judge the nations heaping up the dead and crushing the rulers of the whole earth. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. In the late 19th century, Lord Acton wrote, Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Great men are almost always bad men. And still today, we don't have to look far to see the truth behind those statements, do we? Political scandals scroll across the headlines. The scandalous lives of Hollywood stars show the corrupting power of fame and wealth. How many business leaders climb the corporate ladder, driven by ambition at whatever the cost, without a thought to love for neighbor. And yet even as we criticize the mighty of this world for their pursuit of power, status, and fame, there's a part of us, isn't there, that wouldn't mind a little bit more power for ourselves and our families. Oh, we don't want to dominate over others, but a little bit more power seems not like too bad of an idea. The power of wealth tempts us to think. If we had a little bit more money, then we wouldn't have so many worries. The future would be a bit more secure. We feel the power of status, imagining if I had a a better job, a bigger house, a newer vehicle, fancier clothes or jewelry, then others would respect me more. And when we get that kind of stuff, we think, well, now others can see I made it in life. We feel the power of social connections, surmising, if I do the right person a good turn, that'll pay off down the road. Now, I realize that those things won't make the headlines as scandals, and in fact, many people may actually say, that's the way the world works. No one gets hurt, so what's the big deal? That's the way to make it through life. And yet, all of those things betray a lack of trust in God. The pursuit of what the power of wealth, status, or friends appears to bring, that kind of pursuit betrays a lack of trust in God, as if those things were what's going to make it for us in life. And that leads to the question for us, where Do you turn for strength and hope to those avenues of power 
the Lord. Now, the pursuit of power, the pursuit of money, status, fame, may not consume or does not consume us like it does some of the mighty in this world. And yet, how much trust in money, power, status, influence does it take before we're not trusting the Lord alone? how that little word alone convicts us. It condemns us of spreading our trust around as if the Lord may not come through for us. We have failed to trust him alone. What good news that Jesus came to serve sinners like you and me who have failed to trust God alone. What good news that he came to give his life as a ransom for the many, many sinners that fill this world, even for us. What good news that he sacrificed himself to redeem the world, you, me, and everyone. That's the price he paid as your ransom. That's the price, that ransom, that sets us free from the pursuit of power, that sets us free from the divine death knell of hell. Your sins are paid for in full. The ransom has been paid for by your Savior, Jesus Christ. He is your Redeemer. What good news. Believe it, dear friends. Believe it. How that new heart within us longs to trust Jesus alone. We see the measure of his great love measured out in his blood, his holy precious blood. We hear the testimony of his love as he says to us, your sins are forgiven, the ransom has been paid. And how our spirit rejoices in Jesus. We long to trust him alone. And yet the fears of this life and the triumphs of the mighty in this world challenge that trust in Jesus. They do more than just challenge it. They attack it. They draw that trust away from Jesus so that we think we need these other things, these other avenues of power. But take heart, dear Christian friends. Take heart. For your crucified Redeemer is your risen Savior. He is seated at God's right hand. He reigns over all things. And the Lord God will put all his enemies under his feet. Yes, the Lord will crush the mighty, all those who have opposed our Savior and his people. So do not fear, no matter how much the mighty of this world may rage and storm. The Lord will crush the mighty. That's the theme. The Lord will crush the mighty. So patiently endure. For that day is coming. That's the first part. And as you patiently endure, waiting for that day, Rest securely, for the judgment will be complete 
That's the second part. We turn our attention to the first verse of the text here. As these words are addressed to our Savior Jesus Christ, the Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his wrath. Now kings were the legitimate rulers of the day. They were not usurpers or leaders of coup d'etats. They were the the, the, the legitimate rulers wielding the power of the state. And yet even though they were legitimate rulers, how often they would oppose God and his people. And that poses a challenge for us Christians, doesn't it? We recognize that the government, the legitimate authority over us, has been placed there by God and that he channels many blessings to us through it so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives, so that we can carry on our daily business and livelihood. And we are thankful to God for those blessings channeled to us through the government, the legitimate authorities. And we know that we are to submit to the authority, for God has placed them over to us. We are to obey all the laws that do not command us to go against God. And yet, we also see the many evils carried on by government. We see many things that it does not do right, many ways that it hinders God's truth. Just think of what the legitimate authorities did to Jesus in his day. It wasn't some angry mob that put him to death. It was the legitimate authorities. The Jewish council, the ruling Sanhedrin, led by Annas and Caiaphas, tried and convicted him. They brought him to the legitimate Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. He was condemned and crucified under the law as a criminal. As Jesus suffered this so-called justice at the hands of the legitimate authorities, might he thought of this verse? These words from Psalm 110, The Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his wrath. And what about us today? We still live in a time and place where we can peacefully work for improvements in the government, in the legitimate authorities. But even as we do that, we recognize that no law and no election is going to truly fix government in this fallen world. And then when we face opposition for living our daily Christian lives, for carrying out our God-given roles and responsibilities, when we face that opposition, then remember, remember what the Lord will do. He will crush the mighty of this world. Yes, when you face opposition for living a Christian life, especially when that opposition comes from the legitimate authorities, whether uh, at work, in school, or from the government, remember, the Lord will crush the mighty who have opposed him and oppressed his people. So patiently endure, dear friends. Patiently endure whatever may come. For so often when the powers that be push down and oppress, it tempts us to no longer trust the Lord alone, but to think we need to grab at some other forms of power in order to keep ourselves or our families safe. But know that their end is coming. 
That day is coming when the Lord will call them to account. And until then, until then, patiently endure. For even though it looks like the powers that be, the governing authorities are the ones that are in control, no. The Lord God is in control. The same hands that opened wide and gave us his own dear son, they hold all things. Or think of your hand, the hands of Jesus. The hands pierced by nails for you. Those are the hands in control. Oh, we cannot see that right now, but one day, that day is coming when all will see it. Until then, patiently endure. The Lord will crush the mighty. Patiently endure, for that day is coming. And likewise, as you patiently endure, know that the Lord is coming in his judgment. He is coming, and that judgment will be complete, so we can, even now, rest securely. That brings us to the second part and the second verse in the text here. He will judge the nations, heaping up the dead, and crushing the rulers of the whole earth. That day is coming, and no one will escape. Even those who call out to the mountains fall on us, and to the hills cover us, they won't be able to hide. No amount of wealth will buy him off. No status or influence will deter or change his judgment. Nothing a person does will avert that judgment, his judgment will be complete. But you, dear Christian, rest secure in Jesus' wounds. Yes, his wounds appear to the world to be weakness, powerlessness. But to us, the wounds of Jesus are our safety and our salvation. No avenue of power, wealth, status, influence, friends, or whatever else that this world brings can bring us safely into Jesus' wounds. Only God's grace does that. Only his undeserved kindness brings you and me to rest securely in Jesus' wounds so that even on that day of judgment, when the world is called to account, we are safe in Jesus. The Lord God himself proclaims that grace to us. He has poured out that grace on you through the good news in baptism. You were reborn as a child of the Heavenly Father. You, The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, washed you clean. The Holy Spirit gave you new life. God proclaims his grace to you through the good news revealed in the scriptures. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away your sin. You taste that good news. You taste that grace. In the Lord's Supper, as Jesus says to you, your sins are forgiven. Here is my body that was sacrificed for you. Here is my blood that was poured out for you. 
Rest securely in my wounds. And as we rest there in Jesus' wounds, even the terrors of Judgment Day cannot terrify us anymore. As you heard in the epistle today, Romans chapter 8, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For you see, there in Jesus' wounds, there your sins are covered. There is the power that truly keeps us safe. There you will stand triumphant in the judgment. For there is no condemnation when we are covered with Jesus' righteousness. There in Jesus' wounds, you will be with the Lord forever ransomed by his blood to be his very own. Rest securely for the judgment will be complete. But that judgment for you and me who rest in his wounds is heaven everlasting. Yes, power power tends to corrupt. Even that desire for power corrupts drawing our trust away from the Lord. But in Jesus' wounds, we know that we are safe. For the Lord will crush the mighty who have opposed him. That day is coming. And until then, we patiently endure as we are securely in Jesus' nail-pierced hands. The Lord will crush the mighty. No one will escape. But you and I are safe, resting securely in Jesus' wounds. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.